Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show. We're the podcast that doesn't have an hour-long special to announce a decision. Emendi, your host here. I got with me Sean Bradley Kilgore. How you doing, my man? Going <laughs> one out, man. I'm impressed. Hey, man, I got a few stashed away. It, it's going to be like four more weeks. I'm going to be like, all right, I'm out. You're Brad. The guy who got dunked on more than anyone in NBA history. <laughs> that team that one. Famous. And then also with me, LeBron James Lewis. Had to get that one out the way at some point. What's up, Coach Lewis? Whoa. I thought you were going to save that for a big time. But I go from Mike James to James Jones to possibly the greatest player of all time that day. It was going to be used to it was going to be used at some points. So I was like, let's get it out of the way. Let's get our LeBron mention in the show out the way early because I don't think we're talking about him. We might. Well, we have a great show planned for today. We're going to be diving into the central division and playing general manager. Would you tank or rebuild? What about the current players and draft picks? After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Who is the greatest foreign-born player of all time? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, some news and notes. News and notes. Daryl Morey wasn't out of basketball too long. Shortly after resigning as Rockets GM, saying he wanted to take some time off, spend with his kids who were taking a bridge year in school, he's now the 76ers Hoops president. Life comes at you fast. So I want to start with you, with you, Coach Lewis. Do you like this move, and do you think there could be some roster shakeups? From the general manager that makes more trades than anyone in basketball, yeah. I think that there's a lot of movement. And uh, Philly's definitely going to be on the radar of the topics of discussion going forward. Uh, I I mean, I like the move. I think that they needed to make a change. And um, like I said, it was a last chance for that organization and those young guys to kind of figure it out. So um, he loves a star. He loves trades. He has picks again. So I keep an eye out for uh, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, all deals in play. Five young asset could be moving. I'm thinking he's going to lean to try to find a star, another big name. He tends to put everything in on these stars. Zach Levine, K-Love, and then I, I said CP3. I really think that's in play. Um, I, there's a there's a big name out there that seems disgruntled with his own team. Harrison, um, well, Buddy Heald and maybe possibly Harrison Barnes. But, yeah, Buddy Heald. Monte McNair of uh, Sacramento is one of his old protégés. So uh, I could see some movement going there. They need shooters. So maybe a, a J.J. Reddick coming back. Who knows? But I, I think that there are going to be a lot of things circulating in that organization now that he's in, in place. Good point. They didn't bring him there to keep the roster stagnant. So there probably will be some trades. It's more of a matter of uh, when and not if. But next little bit of news and notes kind of replacing the Rockets head coach is Steven Silas and kind of a new face in the NBA. So Brad, do you like this hire? You know, to be honest, I don't know anything about Silas other than his father was a well-respected coach around the league. I'm glad to see a new face though, even if it is still NBA royalty in a way. Um, It's good to see they didn't just punt and sign another Van Gundy or something. So I'm excited to see it. Little t- little tidbit on Silas, uh, 19 years and his assistant, but uh, he helped operate that number one offensive efficiency rating of uh, the Dallas Mavericks last year. And so I think that's what they're looking to kind of 
just duplicate what the um, success that uh, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks did last year and kind of put the ball back in the hands of Harden in a in a just kind of a different way. Yeah, and he's kind I of an know, like I, I never know who gets credit for that success though, because there's a bunch of assistant coaches on the bench, you know, like just because he was the coach there, a coach there. I don't know that he was the reason. The credit is sprinkled through everyone. They all get a little bit of credit. Yeah. A little bit of credit here, <laughs> a little bit of credit there. But Steven Silas is kind of one of those young, a little more analytically driven coaches. Uh, I'm glad to see that somebody new gets a chance rather than the team saying, yep. okay, George Carl's going to be our answer when you know he's yeah. been on his 10th team now. So last little bit of news, former head coach Mike D'Antoni is now an assistant for Steve Nash with the Brooklyn Nets. And kind of ironic because Steve Nash played under Mike D'Antoni. So once again, life comes at you kind of fast. Quick in 30 seconds or less, Coach Lewis, do you like this hiring for the Nets? At first, I thought it was a real, like an interesting move because I've never really kind of seen him as an assistant role, being 16-year head coach experience. Uh, but, the, I mean, you did mention the ties of Steve Nash and him being league MVP, playing for D'Antoni. Um, I, I would say that anytime you have a rookie head coach, having head coaches with experience in that head coaching staff – um, as they do with him and Jacques Vaughn. Um, I, I think it's uh, a move that Katie and Kyrie definitely stamped. So I, he's, an, he's a great offensive mind. Uh, we'll see how all those personalities mesh together. But, I mean, I'm trying to think optimistically at this point and um, think that it's going to help Steve Nash and that coaching staff that it also has Yudoka, Amari Stoudemire, Tiago Splitter now. Uh, so a lot of personalities in the room. We'll see how it, it all works out. Yeah, basically that 0506 Phoenix Suns team is the like half the coaching staff. Brad, do you like the hire? You know, when when um, Steve Nash first got hired, uh, there was a quote floating around that you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie said it was basically going to be you know a head coach by committee type thing, and not to make too much into the labels. And I kind of rolled my eyes at it, but now I'm seeing with you know Jack Vaughn and. Um, D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire and Thiago Splitter. Like, I, I really think they are just adding a brain trust of, of well-respected people that have great minds for basketball and just kind of see where it goes from there. And um, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I, I like the next chances this year. I also love how Steve Nash deals with personalities and maybe being able to pick those brains and kind of put together some type of mm-hmm. creative potion. Um, That's- so I'm with you, Brad. Head coach by committee. It's like they've paid attention with Bill Belichick with that running back by committee. The teams will never know what to expect, but. You know what you can expect? Shows every week. And do you like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about being a buddy, a pal, a friend, an amigo, and giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG, at TripPlayFantasy. Myself and Brad do a great job providing daily questions, insults to David, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Are you looking for someone this cuffing season? How about you stay cuffed to this podcast? We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week.
General manager analysis mode. So picking up where we lost, where we left off last week, we are going to do the central division. So just as a recap, we're going to have a rubric and discuss for each team their level of contention from one to ten. Are you going all in or rebuilding? Are you assessing the team salary cap and their big contracts on the books? And then their draft pick situation for this year and the following. So hold on, guys. Um, um, I'm just getting a text right now. Chad Buchanan uh, of the Indiana Pacers was fired because he likes anchovies on pizza. Yikes. I don't think many people do. And over, they have um, James Lewis. Wow, coach, you are just in demand. So he's taken over for a team that went 45-28 and 28 during the regular season. The number four seed, and they lost to the Heat in the first round. Their head coach is Nate Bjorkren. And some big contracts they have. Victor Oladipo making 21 mil next year. Malcolm Brogdon in the second year of a four-year 85 million extension or contract. Miles Turner has three-year 54 million left. TJ Warren, two-year 24 million. Jeremy Lamb, two-year 21 mil. And Sabonis is in the first year of his four-year 77 million extension. Not many draft picks either. They only have a second round this year and then one in each of the following years. It's a little bit of a mess there, Coach Lewis. General Manager Lewis, what you doing? All right. So they finished in the fourth seed in the East. Uh, I don't see them duplicating that, but I do still see them as a playoff team, which, I mean, at the end of the day, they're pretty happy with. Uh, with Larry Bird, president of basketball ops in place, they've pretty much been a perennial playoff team, but not a threat to kind of win their conference. Um, B.J. Birkin hire from Toronto. He's known as a player development coach. So I, you I love that word player development. It, well, <laughs> I, think that, it, man. I think that's uh, like part of where the modern NBA is. It's it, with the whole the kind of tanking and um, just kind of finding uh, assets in the draft lower. Um, it, it, it's, it's something that, uh, Owners are looking for general managers want like the next great mind, the next Sean McVay to take a, a football guy. So I think this is their swing. I think Nate McMillan did a great job while he's there, um, but they they clearly needed to tinker the offense a little bit. So they kind of want a, a new age mind, and they're hoping that BJ kind of takes some of those ideas from Toronto, puts them into play for Indiana. Um, they're gonna they're gonna most likely offer the four four one thirteen which is 20% off of the max for Victor Oladipo. Speculations say that he's going to reject that because um, he's not too happy in Indiana. He's on his last year of his contract. So uh, after they put out the, the, the max and he, he declines, I think they're going to they're gonna try to move him. Um, I talked last week about the Hayward thing. So it would, it would take uh, Turner and Lamb for Haywood. Hayward, and um, there's a possible sign-and-trade to kind of help with the uh, contracts there, maybe give Hayward a longer contract, give him some um, sustainability uh, now that he's had injuries the past several years. The biggest question is, are you going to go with Turner or Sabonis? I think they value Sabonis a little bit more with this all-star season. Uh, They've really missed him in that heat matchup, um, getting swept. So the possible trades we've already talked about, I also think that uh, the Bucks are really going to take a look at Victor Oladipo being a one-year contract. It opens up their books. It would be a little bit of a risk, but I think Ebled 
in Milwaukee's uniform is come to an end after playoff debacle after playoff debacle. And it'll give them kind of a breath of fresh air to get a playmaker with the basketball um, that it, I feel like the Bucks sorely need. So if you get e bled and uh, maybe the 24th overall, uh, it could get it done. Uh, so I'm looking at a best possible scenario lineup of Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, a reunitance of the backcourt in, in the Milwaukee two years ago, Gordon Hayward, TJ Warren, and Sabonis with a, a pretty deep bench. A serviceable bench, I should say. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that the Pacers, besides the years that they've had Paul George under Larry Bird, um, they've just been, you know, slightly above 500, four or five seed, win a, a playoff series. And as a fan, there's nothing more frustrating, at least in my eyes. I'd rather my team suck or go all in for it. They have six players that are making at least over 10 mil next year. So they're not going to be able to keep all of them. We'll kind of see if. You know, they like if they go one way or another. Um, but funny, that, funny note on that uh, uh, Paul George thing is like it seemed like that trade actually worked out when they got uh, picks. They got Sabonis and Oladipo. And then last year, Sam Presti uh, getting all of those first round picks, getting um, Shea. Like it seems like if you trade Paul George, you're going to get uh, a ransom in return. Playoff P is worth a lot of assets. <laughs> but guys, I- I'm getting another text and. I guess it's it's happening again. Maybe it's Sunday nights where just GMs lose their job. But Kobe Altman of the Cavs was fired because he was trying to eat soup with a fork. Well, I mean, Kobe, you can go back to the real estate world now. And, uh, well, they, they sent, hey, Eric, do you want to be our temporary GM? Well, I'll gladly accept for this show's purposes. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Woo, I got a lot to inherit here. 19 and 46 in the regular season. You're not making the playoffs with that record. Head coach J.B. Bickerstaff. Big contracts they got on the book. Kevin Love averaging 30 and a half mil over the next three seasons. They have Andre Drummond at one year for 28.7 mil. And then Larry Nance is making 10 mil over his next three seasons. So at least they have their front court solidified, right? So draft pick situation. LeBron kind of, people forget this about LeBron. And I guess here's our second mention of him on this show that when when he's on the team, a lot of times you go all in, you give up assets. So in 2020, they have their first round only. And in 2021, they have one of each. So big thing for me to take over. First thing, I'm going to revisit that Kevin Love trade from last week for the Nets. Vertorian Prince, um, Karis Levert, and a couple picks. Get that contract off the books. Get some young players. Start rebuilding through the draft. Uh, the next thing, you have to eat Andre, Drummond, Andre Drummond's contract. That is an albatross. Nobody is paying 28.7 mil for a center that doesn't fit in today's NBA. They're not paying that much. He he would not fit on a championship roster. He is a, he's a great he's a great rebounder, great stat sheet stuffer. If you want to win, he's a liability on defense. Can't do anything outside the paint. Brad, I, I saw that you disagreed. I'm I'm a big Andre Drummond guy. Um, first of all, he's way younger than people realize he's just been around since he was like, I don't know, 18, I guess. Best rebounder. But, um, best rebounder in the league, maybe of all time. Like the dude. Ooh, no, 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 no. Nah. <laughs> not with the likes of Rodman. I'm not, I'm not going to. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Rodman, Rodman's probably number one, but if you were to bust out the stats, I forget what stat I read. I, I'd have to go back to get it, but 
he's literally an elite rebounder in like the the history of the NBA. He's a man. Um, he blocks shots. He also you're not going to get anything around the rim around him. I don't know. I, you said he was a bad defender. I don't know that I agree with that. Um, could he? Can he shoot threes? No. I mean. I guess you have to be able to shoot threes if you're going to be a center in the NBA now. I don't really buy that. Um, I think if you can get an elite rebounder that can defend the defend the post and he can also give you like 20 a game, I think that's a that's a player you got to keep. I don't see anybody trading for him in today's NBA. I mean, I could be wrong. I think that's why the Pistons basically gave him up for nothing last year. I think they got a second round pick in return just because they wanted his contract off the books. So. But uh, speaking of, if he could, if he can find his way in the Dubs, I mean, I know with the contract, it really doesn't make sense. But I think it'd be perfect to run at the rim, play the first three quarters before they hit I their mean, lineup in the fourth. But I think he would be amazing with that lineup. Like they want a championship with Javale McGee. Like if you upgrade him with Andre Drummond, like come on. But I, I don't, once again, the contract situation. You got to take the twenty-eight point seven mil. I think he could get a, a more friendly deal next year, maybe in the. 10 to 11 mil range, and then sign with a contender and be that fourth, fifth option. Speaking of bad contracts, you if you're the Cavs and I'm riding ship, you have to take on bad contracts so that you can try to get draft picks back. Once again, I think you need to build your assets up. My last thing, you trade anyone that has value. You, know, you are not close to contending. If somebody offers you a first round for Colin Sexton, I'm taking that. Somebody offers me a first and a second for Darius Garland, I'm taking that because even if they're good players, the team isn't anywhere close to contending and you got to pay them sooner than if you would a rookie this year, next year, et cetera. So I think it was good that Cleveland won one with LeBron there, but I think he put them in a really bad situation because they had to sign a lot of these players, tie up future assets to try to make them happy and make themselves a contender at the time. So do you see like they might possibly make the move up? from five because they desperately need a star over there. I mean, it is an eyesore to watch the Cleveland Cavaliers play basketball right now. And um, they just have nobody that you really want to watch. I don't think that they're going to make the move up because they don't have the assets for that. I think there's nobody in this year's draft that, at least in my eyes at this point, that I'm like, oh, wow, he's going to be a game changer. Like people felt about Zion last year, or like Anthony Davis. Um, And I think especially the layoff we've had from the college basketball the prospect, the recruiting isn't going to be as fresh in the minds of um, the scouts. So we'll see. You know, the, the draft is coming up closer, and we're going to take take a deep dive into these prospects. But, um, guys, just another another alert. Uh, the Bucks have fired John Horse, and it's not because they got bounced early in the playoffs. It's because he gives out reasons for trick-or-treaters. That's not really cool. I would egg his out if I was a kid. I do love raisins, though. But replacing him, we got Brad Kilgore. So the Bucks, fifty-six and seventeen during the regular season, numero uno, but they lost the Heat in six games in the second round of the playoffs. Head coach Mike Budenholzer, big contracts. Chris Middleton, second year of his five-year, one hundred seventy-eight million extension. Giannis is on the books for twenty-seven and a half mil next year. Eric Bledsoe. Coach Lewis's favorite guy is in the second year of his four-year 70 mil extension. And Robin Lopez is in or Brooke Lopez, sorry, is in the second year of his four-year 52 mil extension. Draft picks, they have a first in 2020 and one of each in 2021. Brad Kilgore, general manager, take us away. 
Are these contenders? Are these pretenders? What's your strategy? So it's interesting. So the Bucks are already uh, into the luxury tax. So they were going for it this year. They're paying everybody they can. Um, they're already over the cap. So with that, it kind of constrains the moves you can make. They're not going to be big into the free agent market. So I think it's futile to try and decide whether the Bucks should tank or go all in because I don't really think it matters. Um, at the end of the day, they aren't playing for a championship this year, and they're playing to impress Giannis to stay after he opts out for free agency. Um, a little bit of a hot take, but I don't think they want to win because then his job will be done. He'll definitely leave. They need him to have unfinished business. So in my eyes, you should kind of tank or get closer. That I think that's essentially the question. Um, I'm in Brett, I want to ask, besides Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard, is there loyalty in the NBA? Like, I, I guess the point I was going with is I think even if Milwaukee doesn't win, it's not like Giannis is going to say, well, I want to win for the city of Milwaukee. I think LeBron's a different example because he was born in Cleveland. But I don't think Giannis has ties to the city that he would be I, like, oh, I, I need to stay course, here and win one. Of course he's got ties to the city. It's the only place he's ever been. Like, it, he came over here from, you know, uh, like a young Greek kid. Like, this is Milwaukee's all he knows. Like, he's, they've welcomed him with open arms and watched him become a superstar. I think, I think he definitely has ties to the city. Or else, why would they think Milwaukee can keep Giannis? Like, I don't Milwaukee, think they will. Oh, I, yeah, I don't either. But, but, if, but it's a question that he might stay because he has ties to the city. He's loved there. And it's all he knows, really, in America. So um, I think to tank or get closer to a championship is the question, but I'm in favor of breaking it up and shipping Giannis. But I know others listening to this may not be. So I've created three trades for breaking it up and three trades for going with it. So a trade to restart with the Sixers. Uh, The Sixers need better spacing and more shooters. I trade Giannis and Middleton for Embiid, Harris, Tybal, Korkmaz, and Picks. Um, the Sixers might do that because they'll think they have a shot at keeping Giannis and they have to get rid of Embiid not to clog the paint. Um, so that's one I like. The second one would be the trade I mentioned last week, shipping into the Raptors for a newly big money Fred Van Vliet, who's an upgrade over Bledsoe and sets their future up. Uh, Serge is only 31 and four picks. Um, first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021. Um, also, I'm fine giving up OG or Powell if I'm Toronto. Um, the salaries match. Everybody's under the cap, and the Bucks can make, can move on. It's just better than losing your star for nothing. And then the third one, this is one the Heat says is off limits, but I think that's only because it hasn't been proposed. Uh, I think they'd be stupid not to do it. I don't care how confident you are um, that they can get Giannis and free agent. Look at what the Lakers did to make sure that they got AD. I think if you can get your guy, you got to go get him. Uh, so Giannis and Middleton, um, I get picks, Bam, uh, Harrow, and Duncan Robinson. They can lock in on Jimmy and Giannis and find another third through free agency. Does the salary um, cap match up on that? I feel like there's no way it does. It does. It does. So Giannis and Middleton, and if you send Bam, um, Hero, Duncan Robinson, it works for the Heat because they have cap room. That's right. So the sal- yeah, the salaries don't exactly match up, but the Heat have cap room, so they can eat more. Okay. So um, 
that one I would definitely do. Just like you look at what the Lakers did with AD. They thought they could get AD in free agency anyway. But they were like, let's not mess with it. If we can get our guy, let's get our guy. And look where he tampered. Him. He said, he said, I want to go to LA. He said, oh, that's no. all, folks. He he wore a that's all, folks shirt. He knew. But continue. I hate how he ended that. But yeah, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, if I wanted to just bolster the lineup and keep Giannis, I like these three trades. Um, so the Bucks need perimeter shooting and spacing. I send Bledsoe and Picks to New Orleans for Drew Holiday. Um, this okay. gives Zion more opportunity to play some point forward, which it looks like Van Gundy might want to experiment with, and it gets Drew Holiday to a contender. Um, the second one I like is Eric Gordon for Eric Bledsoe straight up. The Bucks get a shooter in Gordon who had injuries last year, and Houston gets a point guard for when Harden is off the floor. I think Russ is more dangerous off ball because of the way he slashes without the ball, and you can cut down on turnovers. And then the third one is, I don't know if they'll actually accept this, but if I was OKC um, and they really wanted Paul's contract out of there, I'd send DJ Wilson, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Oyasova, and our three picks for Chris Paul, which is not, like, it doesn't make the Thunder better but it gets their contract off the books. They get more assets and they can kind of keep building out. I like both those scenarios. And you said, ultimately you're tanking, right? That's yeah, that's my, I, I should be honest out of there. I don't think you can keep them. You know what? I'm with you. I know it's not the popular opinion. I know it's mm-hmm. not, but I don't think they're going to win with the roster they have now. And if you know you're going to do that, like, why, why waste, you know, tie your future with bad contracts, you know, signing, Signing Middleton, yep. I, I think it was a good gesture, but he's not going to be worth that contract years down the road. I got, I got, I got to disagree with you guys on this. All right, the floor is yours, yeah, General yeah. Manager Lewis. Well, you, so you have the you have the number one record in the NBA. Um, all the numbers point that you're the best team. You're the favorite to win the title. Uh, I think that you got to try to make a little a tinker here, a little tinker there, and go all in and on on this season. The Bucks just aren't like they're not a great franchise nobody really wants to go there this is like your this is your last chance to like compete for a championship and keep a generational player i think if you make it to the nba finals you had a chance to get Giannis coming back i mean he he has seemed to be a little bit more loyal than most superstars the fact that he was you know he was picked he's picked lower and he's just developed so much into the back to back mvp uh, I, I, I've said it before, but I, I really think you got to move e, e Bledsoe because of what, what happens in the playoffs, no matter how great of a defender he is. If you can get Holiday, I love that idea, Brad. Um, uh, even even Oladipo would be a risk, but I, I, I couldn't mortgage uh, the, the chance to, to keep him. You got to try your hardest and maybe make a little couple signings. I think Lou Williams would fit well. I think Myers Leonard as a, a stretch five would be somebody to plug in off the bench, even though he would get played off the court in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm Coach, looking, yeah. I'm curious. Like if I told you he was going to leave, like I'm telling you, he's going to leave. Like he comes into your office and says, look, this will be my last year with the team. I think that's what's what going to do, do? With, play, with player empowerment and people doing that. Uh, it's been done before with, with, with Paul George and, and AD. You can get it done if you're a superstar and, I, I would just I would pray to I would pray that it wouldn't happen. 
Um, but once you start but, hearing inklings, that's when you you try to make make your move. And no, 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 no inklings. I'm saying like he told you he's not coming back. You, Do you, you still try that. to win it. That's when you move him. But I don't. He hasn't said that. And what and what the rumors say is that he he's gonna ride out. He's really trying to get it done for that city and and make it to the final. So I mean, if he his three point shooting got a little bit better. Uh, he's been the past two years. He's been in series where he's could have he could have done it. Uh, he whether it was Toronto, whether it was uh, Miami, I, he's been up in fourth quarters. I wouldn't say that it's a done deal that they cannot win with that team. They just weren't playing well when they came back in the bubble. And uh, I, you got to go all in on this year. They, the last time they won the NBA championship, the only time was with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robinson running the point. So but you got to try do just, your best to replicate. I mean, that. Look, look at Cleveland. Like it just sets you back so many years when your star leaves for nothing. Like you just can't risk that. They're going to be dead in the water for four or five years if, if they get nothing for Giannis. Like let's Coach, just. Coach, I want to I want to ask you a question, and then my phone's buzzing, and I feel like I should check it. Um, they're going to probably be locked in with this core. Maybe they make a minor trade here or there, but do you think, barring a championship to Milwaukee or at least the finals, do you think Giannis stays? I think if they, I think they make the finals. They, they have a, they have a good shot to retain him. I think anything else, like the past two years, um, he's gone. And we already talked about his destinations. Maybe it's Toronto. Maybe it's Dallas. Maybe it's Miami. But uh, he, uh, wherever he goes, can change the whatever everything in the NBA. It's going to change the landscape of the NBA. And speaking of things changing, guys, I told you that my phone was buzzing, and you know the the Bulls have fired. Uh, Mark Eversley, which is interesting because they just hired him after having guard packs forever. You keep them for 10 plus years and you fire someone in less than 10 months. I don't understand that at all. And they said the reason why was because he still has a flip phone. I guess they want to get away from anything anti-analytic. So James, they, they want you to take over for them. He's taken over for a 22 and 43 during the regular season, not making the playoffs with that record. Head coach Billy Donovan, who was surprisingly not brought back by the Thunder after they had a much better season than many people anticipated. Big contracts. Otto Porter is making $28.5 million this series of free agent after. Zach Levine on a pretty friendly contract for someone of his stature. Two years at $19.5 mil each. Thaddeus Young is two years at $13.5 mil each. Thomas Sadoransky, former Wizard, two-year $20 mil. Draft pick situation. This year they have a first and second, and next year they have a first and second as well. High picks. General Manager Lewis, are they a contender? Rebuild? How are you writing the ship? Um, I, I think that even though Donovan has that uh, player development kind of background thought to him, I think he's just he's a winning coach and he's he's there to win now. Um, they have some talented players. I I, I think last year's. 22 wins was a disappointing. I know it's a, a bit of a short season, but I thought that was very disappointing. Some people pegged them as a playoff team. Um, they definitely have talent, so I really want to see what Billy does with this squad at the five pick. Um, I think they got they can get a player that can play and step in right now, and you can see if you can you have your forward for the future in Obi Top um, Toppin or Denny Avija at the five. So I, I, that's a player though, that with some experience that can go in and play right now. I would suggest don't trade Wendell Carter Jr. or Laurie Marketing just yet. 
I think that we we want to see them play with a different head coach. Um, Otto Porter, you just got to ride that out. That's 28 mil, but it's it's in the last year. Those <laughs> numbers, the books are going to open up, and um, somehow the, the, the Wizards were in a bind when they when they made that that signing. And shout out to Grunfeld. So speaking of um, the Wizards, I actually have a huge take, and um, I can't wait to hear what uh, Brad's got to say about this. But I think I finally found a play for Mr. Bradley Beal. So hear me out. Um, but I, I think I would do this if I was Washington. If it if I can give up Beal in the nine pick for Levine, move up to the five, which is it's a tall ask. And either Carter or Marketing, and I'm thinking that they would be more willing to close ties with Wendell Carter Jr., who to me is a double double machine and needs uh, a, a new a new a new site. If 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 I'm Washington, and I think they would definitely pull the trigger on that. Um, he's a win now player. He played under uh, Bradley Beal. That is, uh, he played under Billy Donovan in college, so they have ties, and so you know how much of a relationship they have. So how much. Um, Billy Donovan values him. Um, I really love Kobe White. So if you go White, Beal, Porter, Thaddeus Young, Marketing, um, and then if you have that nine pick, maybe get Isaac Okoro, who is a, a three and D modern NBA player. That's my take. I know it's a hot take, but I like I've been trying to find the Bradley Beal trade suitor. Um, if you could get, get Levine to run with with Wall, and um, you know you're you're not really you're not going to contend. You're, you're, there's a great chance you won't make the playoffs. Maybe in sneak into the eight. With with Beal and Wall, but uh, I think it, Carter and um, in that that young core is something to kind of hopefully build on in the future. So I definitely would do that trade if I was the Wizards. I don't see the value from the Bulls' perspective because you're dropping down in the draft. You're giving up more talent, and, and Bradley Beal is certainly an upgrade over Zach Levine. But I don't think it brings you that close to contention for a championship. And I think it's setting back the rebuilding process a little bit. And I think Beal, they're and, to get in the playoffs, though, as yeah, well. Yeah, but, but I, I think with Beal's contract, Levine's is more friendly. That That's a trade ship, and they're taking on a more expensive one. I mean, if that if that trade was proposed to me and I'm, um, I'm the Wizards GM, whoever it may be, because nobody seems like their job is safe anymore. Sorry, Tommy Shepard. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I think you bring up a good point of Billy Donovan having those ties with Bradley Beal. A lot of times I think people forget that there's relationships, there's connections built in this sport. It's not just about numbers and salary cap. So interesting, interesting points, Lewis, uh, general manager, Lewis. Guys, um, I guess it's just a clean sweep in the central. Duh, Detroit has fired Troy Weaver because he picks his nose and eats his boogers. Well, I certainly don't do that. I guess that's a qualification for the Pistons GM Sucks. I like Troy Weaver. They were 20 and 46 during the regular season. No playoffs. Head coach, Dwayne Casey, former Raptors coach and coach of the year. Big contracts. You have Blake Griffin, who is making 37 mil over the next two years. And Tony Snell, only making 12.1 the next season. So not too bad with that. Draft picks in 2020 only have a first. They sent that second round in the Andre Drummond deal, I believe. And 2021, they have one in each round. My first thing, you trade Blake Griffin. I'm going to bring out the imaginary glasses like Tony Kornheiser. First trade, 
they do the one with the nets that we put out with all of these situations. You trade them for Torian Prince, Karis LeVert, and picks. The salary pick or the salary caps almost match up for the Nets. You're going all in. Blake Griffin can kind of space out the floor as well. He's athletic. I, I think I think him and Durant they could be a great front court, and then have DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, and whoever be that five. If you're the that team wins the championship, yeah, they do. And if you're the Pistons, you are getting the the worst salary. Pe- uh, thing off the books. I mean, that's an albatross of the contract. I can't believe the Clippers got out of it. You're getting picks, and even though they're later, once again, you kind of have to build assets. Or here's my second one. Blake Griffin to the Warriors for Andrew Wiggins, a first and a second. So for Golden State, you have Steph, Clay, Draymond, Blake Griffin, number two, that might be James Wiseman. For the Pistons, you have a younger guard that you can build around. Andrew Wiggins can finally be his team. Even if he doesn't play defense, if he if you give him the ball and say, just score, do your own thing. I think that's probably where you're going to see the most out of his potential. And then, once again, you get, you get those additional picks. Wiggins' contract is a little bit worse, or isn't as bad, I mean. And I think he's a much better player to build around and have that as the nucleus of your team at this point rather than Blake Griffin. What do you guys think of those scenarios? Uh, for me, I think that uh, I, I think we all want to see Blake Griffin get out of town and go to one of those contenders like the Nets and the Warriors and really could push the envelope on it, whether this team is a contender or a, a championship winner. I don't know if Detroit is thinking to tank like we all kind of think they should. They have all that money on the books, and I think they're looking to spend. I think that they are I, the number one team trying to throw the – everything that they can at Fred Van Vliet. Um, another option, um, which hasn't been talked about, is DeMar Rosen has a, a opt-out clause. Like, he, he's a player option. He could opt out, and if Detroit kind of tells him, look, we'll give him a long con- – we'll give you a long contract with a lot of money, and then you try to play out that DeRozan and Blake Griffin and try to sneak into the playoffs. Their head coach, Dwayne Casey, he's looking to win. He's not looking for a rebuild. I don't think he has the energy to do that. So I think that's where they're going to – go towards but I think we all want them to go for the rebuild and send Blake to a contender as well as uh, Derek Rose too I was going to say so that's the next piece but I think they were and then they might throw money at Van Fleet or another free agent but I think when they gave up Drummond who was the longest tenured player on the team like 10 years for basically like a second round pick and just here take his take his salary I think that's when they knew that that was going to rebuild I do think you trade D Rose I think he has some value, maybe a second round pick. He's shown some potential. I think he's shown some life later in his career. And just try to just just try to get assets. I mean, I think Christian Wood is a good building block. I think kind of, you know, let him do his thing. And but once again, and kind of with a lot of teams we've talked in this division, I don't think Christian Wood's a free agent, right? Yeah. He's I, think keep- he's, I think he's a restricted free agent. So, you know, they can keep him for one year for somewhat cheap before you know, he gets a decent sized contract. But I'm pretty sure he's unrestricted in the, these values yeah. the three. But I mean, we'll see on that. He's not the cornerstone for a future, anyways. But I think he's going to get a bag. He's he's a very talented he, dude, man. He is. He, he's, he, Detroit always has good rebounding big men Christian Wood, yeah. Andre Drummond, Greg Monroe, Ben Wallace. And, Dennis, Dennis and unlike, unlike Drummond, he can fire up that three. There you go. I mean, if you're going to pay somebody and maybe get Blake contract off the books, then 
we'll see. But I mean, and once again, we talk about being GM, what we would do. I think it's tougher when your job is actually on the line, when you have ties with these people, when you have relationships and you have to think about what's best for the team and ultimately for your job security. So good job, guys. We will cover another division in the later weeks, but we're going to go to our question of the week sponsored by none other than Manscaped. And uh, Brad, why don't you tell us about our lovely sponsor? Well, guys, autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't have to carve your pumpkins when grooming. By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a placeable ceramic blade with advanced synthetic technology, which helps reduce grooming incidents. Their crop care kit includes the crop preserver, ball deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. Get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the code triple. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code triple play. Oh, wow. I'm just getting ready to check out after that brilliant ad read. So, guys, our question this week is, who is the greatest foreign-born player? And I think there's a few ways to interpret this. Brad, I want to hear yours. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Dirk just because of what he meant to me, what he meant to the game coming up. Uh, He pretty much created a a shot that everybody tried to emulate, even to this day. We're kind of just doing variations of that one-footed fadeaway shot that he perfected um, that championship he won was astronomically improbable um, I just think he means a lot for the game and he's probably one of the my favorite players of all time I knew he was going to be a popular one and that's the first one that came to my mind mine is different but Dirk is obviously you know he he will hold a place in NBA history especially for that jump shot legendary James who's yours um, that that's a great one, and I think he's probably the most uh, like authentic foreign born. I'm gonna go with a player that many don't come to mind when it comes to foreign born players. Mine is none other than Tim Duncan, Virgin Tim Islands. Tim Duncan is from the Virgin Islands, um, from the Caribbean. Uh, he was there up until high school. I mean, up until college. So I mean, he really did live his his whole life there before college. The big fundamental, Timmy, as they call him, is a five-time champ, <laughs> three-times finals MVP, and you could argue he could have got more than that, two-time league MVP, 15-time all-star, 15-time all-NBA, 15-time all-defense. Um, I mean, just a model of consistency. His win percentage has got to be in the uh, 700s. Um He's well-regarded as the greatest power forward of all time, and I don't think there's anybody that i found that really can argue with that with his championship pedigree and his just model of consistency, his his ability to put numbers up and, and kind of take on his role. He comes in as a rookie and was so very productive even come that first year. And as his career dwindled to the end, he still found a way to um, just be the smartest IQ guy. Him and the pop pairing – I don't know if there's a better uh, coach player um, a pairing ever. 
but I, we gotta we gotta at least say these names: uh, Patrick Ewing with Jamaica, Steve Nash Canada, Yao Ming China, Giannis Antetokounmpo Greece, Luka. Hey, Don- I haven't gone yet. What if one of those was my guy? <laughs> one of these is going to be your guy. Luka Doncic might take this. Yeah, let me let me don't spoil mine. Simmons, Jokic, where do you want to go? Gasol. All right, All right, All right. take it All away. Right. All right, but for those who can't see, James is wearing a Tim Duncan background, so he's getting into character. Or a Tim Duncan jersey, he's getting into character. So for me, it's Yao Ming, and I have a different way of interpreting this. Yeah, I don't know if the listeners out there are aware, but. There's a book out there called Operation Yao Ming. He was basically planned. China wanted an ambassador, and they, they kind of bred the tallest man and tallest woman in China and did that for years. So that they would eventually have what? someone that's Yao Ming's height. I can't, it's a book called Operation Yao Ming. Okay, I'm reading he, that. He, he the was a professional hooper. Yeah, yeah they, they, they paired the tallest people in China. But do you think about it? He's an ambassador. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, and it wasn't because of his career. He literally opened doors. He was that big kind of player in the 2000s that, like, yeah, yeah. He's tall. He's noticeable. I mean, he, he played well, but he's meant so much for the NBA, and I think he's opened the door for more foreign-born players. I think, you know, Dirk, Tim Duncan, they were kind of the, the rarities. But I think after that, everybody tried to want to hit on that Yao Ming. For that next, you know, person that you're not familiar watching college basketball tape on, so that's what I think in terms of greatest because of the impact that he's had on the game. But great answers as well, and you can't go wrong with any of them. And what's great is basketball is such a global sport. We're going to see more great players down the road. So I would I would be remiss not to mention somebody that I think that most people have number one on their list: Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Uh, is oh. if you look at the list, they they kind of put peg him as number one guy because Tim Duncan kind of gets forgotten. But I mean, he had quadruple double two different times, which has never been done in NBA history. The 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 one year in 1994, he won the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Finals MVP. Um, that's never been done. Uh, and I mean, I could list all the other accomplishments, but Hakeem the Dream, Olajuwon. What an amazing, amazing basketball player. Probably a top 12 player of all time. Also got the dream shake. So, I mean, guys, like I said, there are so many that we didn't even touch on. And it's as basketball continues to grow, we're going to see more people. So it's an exciting time to be a fan. But we're going to transition now to our game of the week. And hosting it, his first time hosting a game, I'm going to hand the mic over. Coach Lewis, what are we playing today? All right. Um, th- this is exciting. I, as I was deciding what our question of the week would, I brewed up like 12 different ideas. But um, this is a NBA player age. I feel like more people are doing one and done. It's probably younger than ever. Probably less people are staying in. Let's say 24. 24, Brad. What do you say? I'm, I'm going to go 26. Brad Kilgore is on the money, so he oh, gets yeah. one. But uh, yeah, if this was the two point game, we got two. But yeah, he perfectly got that one on the money. The average age of the NBA player is twenty six, um, which I would see say is lower than it, it had been in the past with the whole veteran contracts and minimums that they have. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, all right, my first player here. He's an elder statesman. I think he might even be the second oldest in the league. 
Uh, Brad, Kyle Corver. Kyle. Oh, wow. He's been in the game for a minute. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 36 with him. I'm going 37. He's 39. Wow. Wow. He so, came out in he came out in 2004 out of Creighton, I think. So now I can kind of see it. Right. That's right. All right. So we were one one. one one E Mindy, um, another veteran on the game, Andre Iguodala. Uh, Andre Iguodala. I'm gonna say he's 36. E Mindy hits again. It is. 36 on the dot. Brad, you got first up. Jason Tatum, one of my favorite young players in this NBA. All right. Um, I feel like he's been in the league for, what, three or four years now. Uh, Left Duke, one and done. I'm going to go 22. I think he's 23. He's 22, Brad. There we go. Locked it up, and I love how this game is play- getting played already. He went from 16 per game to 23 this year. All right, next up, another older guy coming fresh off an NBA championship, none other than two-time defensive player of the year, maybe actually three, I want to say. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is 33. That's interesting. I was going to say the same thing. He came in at like 18 or 19. I don't think he's been 15 years in the league. I'm going to go 32. He's 34. I, so I knew it was 34 because he came out yeah. 2004. I was like, he's 17 or 18 because he had braces. All right. Moving on from a young, uh, an older guy to a younger guy. This guy blazed the playoffs. Good to see a, a white guy that can play some basketball. Tyler Hero. <laughs> Is this me? Uh, that's me, right, or Brad? It's on you, E. I think Brad – no, Brad um, followed up. So it is actually Brad, Brad's question. All right. Tyler Hero, he just came out this year, right? So um, he was the one and done. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 20. I think he just turned 20. You going with 20? Yeah. Brad, sorry to copy you, but I think you're right. No, nah, you got it. This is right. You got to go with it. It's correct. It is 20 years old. He's not legal to drink alcohol yet. He can drop 37 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so he is a hot name. So there's uh-huh. a, a tie there. So I'm still up one on Brad, though, right? Yes, you are. All right. Question seven. Yes. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. All right. So, E, Drew Holiday, the veteran. Hot topic on trade rumors. Drew Holiday, <laughs> I want to say he's 31. 32 he's a is popping uh, off. Person than he is uh, a hooper, by the way. So, go ahead, Brad. 31, your way. 32 is popping out at me. He is 30 years old. One, another one for E. Let's go. All right, Brad. Australian zone, Ben Simmons. Oh, man. All right. One year at LSU. Uh, he was injured a year. Uh, maybe this is the third or fourth. I'm going to go 20, 23. I think he's 23 as well. 
All right, so that's a that's a no one gets that one. He's twenty four years old. Oh, I was thinking twenty three or twenty four. I mean, we're we're so close. I mean, we're all it's one each yeah. time. It's just yeah. a matter of when do you know their birthday or not? Basically. Yeah. Um. All right, this guy lit up the bubble. Some people think he's the clutchest player in the game. Eric, what do you think about Damian Dollar? Lillard. Logo Leonard. Logo Lillard. He came out, I think, I think 2013. And he played all four years at Weaver. I think I think he's 30. I think he's a little older than that. I'm gonna go 32. He is 30. Another one for E. He builds his lead. Six to three by my counts. Wow, Ben's only 30? Yeah. Because Wall, Wall's like 32, and he just got drafted a couple years above. But so Ben's um, probably going to get another, like, max deal before he He is. Up. He's getting the bag. Good for him. All right, Brad, let's see if you need the last couple and um, tie this thing up. Uh, Nikola Jokic. Oh, man. Serbia's own. I have no idea how old he was when he came out. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go 27. Uh, Brad, that's the one I, I had in my mind, but I don't want to seem like I'm going to just block you every time. 28. Uh, score one for Brad. It's still a game. He's 25 years old. Wow. Wow. He looks Wait, like how, 42. Wow. James, how many, we, how many do we got left? All right. So um, I thought I had this game won. Iggy, Iggy's, Iggy's on my list as the number 10, um, and you had the tie. So if Brad won this, you would you would win by one, technically. Win. I did have that extra one. Um, so, Eric, um, no. I No, I went through everything. Just for kicks and giggles, D, Devin Booker, Eric. Devin Booker is 23-ish. 23. Brad. I'm going to go 25. All right, he is 23, so you won fair and square, E-Mindy. But that was a wonderful game. I mean, you were off by, like, one. I love how Brad processes things. He's like, one year, three, got to add that to the 19. (laughs) Watching him process was funny. I I blame my constant years of monitoring the NBA drafts and NBADraft.net so closely. So for my 15 seconds of FaceTime – I'd like to say I'm formally retiring from games. I'm two and zero. I want to go out undefeated with a thousand winning percentage. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'll be hosting it next week, so I'm gonna keep my undefeated record, guys. I'm gonna keep track of this. We're gonna have a little scoreboard like they do on Around the Horn. But for everybody that's been listening, thank you so much. We had a great time today. We hopefully have some guests coming on soon. Don't want to speak into anything until it's set in stone, but. We're going to go over the Southeast Division next week. One of us lucky Wizards fans is going to be able to talk about how to right the ship on this uh, kind of frustrating team. But Coach Lewis, Brad, anything you guys want to say before we're out? Thanks for listening. Like us. Subscribe to us. We'll see you next week. Yeah, guys, don't forget to find us on Twitter and Instagram at Trip Play Fantasy. That's where we drop all the things in addition to all of the platforms. So thanks for listening, players, and we'll catch you next week.